Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley, and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, our first debater hosts the Saturday morning hangover on ESPN San Antonio. Say hello to James Pledger. Hey, James. What's going on, Dennis? Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for coming back on. Our next debater, we can call him Mexican Landlord. He's also a radio host. Uh, say hi to Guy David. Hey, Guy. Oh, I can't believe you actually went there. Hey, Dennis, how you doing? <laughs> I said don't tempt me. <laughs> their, their debaters heard each weekday afternoon on ESPN San Antonio. Hello, Rob Thompson. Hola, como están? Glad to be here. <laughs> It will be Envenido. They will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win for our judge, who this week is Kareem from San Antonio. His job... Hey, everybody. Hello, Kareem. His job is going to be to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions that I present throughout the show, along with asking these questions. I'm also the show's referee, so if there's something that maybe I don't like and merits a penalty, you'll hear this whistle. Now, before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to get to know the judge a little bit better by asking him a question. We're going to start with James. What question would you like to pose to our judge, Kareem? Kareem, have you ever worked in radio in San Antonio? That's, that's I can weird. neither confirm nor deny such a heinous rumor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guy, do you have a question for a judge, Kareem? I do, Kareem. If you could eat one meal the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, I think lobster mac and cheese. Okay. Respect. And uh, Rob, you have a question for a judge, Kareem. Kareem, do you now or have you in the last 24 hours had confetti in your hair? <laughs> Actually, I have. Niosa confetti, what? too. Ooh. <laughs> Excellent. So let's get this debate started. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. It is time for opening arguments. In this segment, I will give each combatant a question. That combatant answers the question, and our judge, Kareem, will give them the score between 0 and 10 points. They will have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. First topic, Windows is getting an upgrade. Microsoft unveiled Windows 11 during a virtual event six years after Windows 10 debuted and remains the most popular PC operating system around the world, installed on more than 1.3 billion devices. Microsoft has grown in recent years on the strength of its cloud computing business, but Windows still makes up 10% of the company's revenue pie, and it grew rapidly during the pandemic, with PC sales rising with Americans working and learning from home. Windows 11 will be available to consumers during the upcoming holiday season. That's business reporter Jason Brooks. Another Windows operating system excited for its new capabilities, seeing it as a hassle. Or are you, James Pledger, still using Windows XP? 30 seconds. 
All I'm saying out of this report is a whole new system that I'm going to have to learn for when the company eventually shifts us over to that. We finally got off of, I think, Vista and upgraded to Windows 10 or something this past year, 7. I think we're still behind. I think we're still on 7. But eventually, we're going to have to learn a whole new system and move up to 11 at some point. And I just see that as a bunch of hassles because they won't upgrade us until these older systems start crashing. And that's always just a big pain in the butt. So you don't use Windows at home? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> I use what the what, what work provides me. Okay, uh, Kareem, what score do you want to give that zero to ten? Mm, I'm gonna give the nice healthy seven. Okay, Prime Day at Amazon shatters records. Prime Day had prime demand from virtual shoppers, according to Adobe Analytics. Total online sales topped eleven billion dollars. That was more than six percent higher than last year. It was also slightly higher than 2020 Cyber Monday. Adobe says its sales results also include numbers from Walmart, Target, Best Buy, and Kohl's. That's correspondent Diane King-Hall. Officially, Amazon's annual shopping holiday is over, but worthwhile bargains remain for AirPods, Roku's, robot vacuums, and more. So, Guy, did you take part in the Amazon Prime extravaganza? 30 seconds. I did, and I've got actually three packages which I haven't opened, and one's a big heavy package I purchased today. It's one of those water things where you get cold water, you put the cup against it. A lot cheaper on Amazon. And I'm new to Amazon. I was behind the game. I like it. I really like it, and I like Prime Day. I'm going to, after this show, I'm going to go open all my packages and wait for the next Prime Day. So thank you, Amazon. All right, Kareem, what do you give that score 0 to 10? I have to agree. It's a nice to have uh, Christmas in the summertime. I'll give Guy an 8. Okay, next topic, pop star Britney Spears told a Los Angeles judge that she wants to regain control of her life and asked that her father be removed from a conservatorship. It's been in charge of her finances and day-to-day life for the past 13 years. What do we want? Free Britney! With supporters outside, Britney Spears spoke to a court for the first time publicly about her conservatorship, making bombshell statements about the rare arrangement under which her father, Jamie Spears, legally controls much of her life. Conservatorship has got to go! Hey, hey! The singer told the court she wants her life back, wants to end the conservatorship, and that she didn't know she could petition the conservatorship to end. Spears compared the situation to sex trafficking and said she's not here to be anyone's slave. Lilia Luciano, CBS News, Los Angeles. All right, Rob, are you on Team Free Britney? 30 seconds. Absolutely not. I think we've all been better off the last 10 years that Britney's been behind a cage. If I recall, <laughs> last time I saw Britney doing anything, she had shaved her hair and was showing us her nether regions getting out of a car. Uh, I don't know why she was initially had it planted on her, but I tell you what, I feel a lot better knowing that somebody's watching over her and she can't reproduce. No, I'm not wanting after wanting free. <laughs> I don't want Britney free. I just want her music. <laughs> okay, Kareem, uh, what do you give that a score of 0 to 10? I have to say I have some friends who are going to be very angry with me, but I have appreciated the peace and quiet of a Britney-free airwave, so I'm giving Rob a big fat 10. Okay, well, coming up... 
some sticky moments in baseball's war against sticky stuff. I'm Steve Hayfin. We're going to debate that and more. This is Master Debaters on KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It is, and things are going to start heating up now as we do some more debating. We have James Pledger, Guy David, and Rob Thompson this week competing to convince our judge Kareem from San Antonio that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to KTSA.com and sign up. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake on Master Debaters. So in this part of the show, I give all three contestants the same question. They'll each take their turn presenting their own argument on that topic. After they each take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will give each of them anywhere from 0 to 20 points for their responses. The first topic, some sticky moments in baseball's crackdown on pitchers and sticky stuff. In Philadelphia, there was Mad Max. Are going to check Max here in the middle of an inning? National star Max Scherzer lost it a little when he was checked mid-inning for any sticky substances. Phillies manager Joe Girardi asked the umpires to take a look. Max drops his hat. Carlos Torres is going to get mad at him? I got nothing, he appeared to say to the umpire. Most of these new checks happen between innings. In Arlington, Texas, it did for Oakland A's pitcher Sergio Romo. He's immediately thrown off the belt, the glove, the hat, everything. And he dropped his pants a bit, too, but not all the way down. Steve Kathan, CBS News. Do you think the MLB crackdown on sticky stuff is too tough? What is exactly necessary or too lenient? We're going to start with James, 30 seconds. I love this. Baseball is getting exactly what it deserves for hammering the Astros as being the only ones cheating in baseball. It's been going on throughout the history of the sport, and pitchers are finally getting their come up up and finally. And I'm for it. Like, let's check them during innings. Let's have them undress. Let's have them drop trowel to make sure they're not having any sicky stuff hidden anywhere on their body that they're using to manipulate the balls. This is the best thing about baseball. It's going to make it a little bit longer, but the way that it's riling up all these players, I'm here for it. It's entertaining. All right, Guy, 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, the refs are getting excessive here. I will admit that, but don't they need to with all the years of cheating in baseball? And I also think the pitchers are being prima donnas. Like one guy pulled down his pants, Scherzer lost it. They were just checking him. If you hadn't cheated for years and years before that, you wouldn't be getting checked. Now, there are going to be some growing pains. It is going to slow the game down for the time being, but they hopefully will get it right, and pitchers will learn not to tamper with the ball anymore. Rob, 30 seconds. Duplicitous baseball at its finest. This has been going on for a hundred years. I grew up with watching a movie, Major League, snot on the ball. It was in a movie. Teams have been stealing signs and, and greasing up balls forever. It is just another way for baseball to maintain its, I don't know, its dying hold on the older generation in America saying that we're not cheating, although they're awfully, they're awful good at trying to cheat. Uh, it will go away for a little while. Somebody got snot on the ball tonight. It's going to be around forever. All right, Kareem, what do you think of those arguments? Zero to 20. All of them are, I have to give each one a number? Yes, yes. All right. I'll start with James. I think you're in the lead there. I'm going to give you an 18. As for Guy, good argument. Um, always been problems. 
I'm going to give you a 16, and Rob, you're right behind with a 15. Okay, next topic. As airlines say more needs to be done to stop the growing problem of unruly passengers, the TSA says it will again help train flight crews to fight back. Amid so many reports of violence on board planes from unruly passengers, including a Southwest flight attendant who had her tooth knocked out and other flight attendants who have gone into physical combat with passengers recently, the TSA announcing it is restarting flight crew self-defense training next month. The training had been on hold because of COVID. In the classes, federal air marshals teach flight crew members tactics for de-escalating an attack and onboard self-defense. Alex Stone, ABC News. So what skills do you think flight attendants should have when dealing with unruly passengers? Maybe skills they don't currently have. We'll start with Guy, 30 seconds. They shouldn't have any skills because they shouldn't have to deal with this. This is ridiculous. I hate flying as it is, and I fly from... Australia to America, which is a 15-hour flight, which is ironic. I hate being in a little tube over the Pacific Ocean, 12 miles in the air in the middle of the dark. So unruling passengers just making my time worse. They should be actually banned from flying. They shouldn't be allowed to fly anymore for a certain amount of time. So the flight attendants only have to go through this once. All right, Rob, your 30-second argument. All I need is an angry flight attendant practicing some kind of Krav Maga move in the middle of the night. I don't need flight attendants knowing karate or some kind of self-defense method. Uh, give them, I can't even imagine how this is going to help. Let's just add more firearms and more, more weapons in the sky. Let's have everybody just grapple. You put your fourth, your best flight attendant. We'll put forth our best flyer. We'll go to town. Winner, winner owns the air. Uh, I, no, I don't want any flight attendant learning to beat me up. And James, your 30-second argument. You planning to be unruly on a flight anytime soon, Rob? Is that what I'm hearing out of this? Should I be concerned if I ever have to fly with you again? I'm about it. Teach these guys, let them lead black belts. I want to see them go Harrison Ford, Air Force One, Liam Neeson and nonstop, Nicolas Cage and Con Air. Teach them to defend themselves because I just recently went on a flight right after Southwest took alcohol back away from the trips that was a horrible flight i like to have a drink and then take a nap on my flight and they were depriving me of that maybe if they know self-defense i can have my drinks back so uh what are your guys thoughts on maybe some competitive you know like karate matches or jujitsu between the airlines see uh there we go <laughs> that'd be great tv wouldn't it so Delta versus southwest for the intercontinental <laughs> championship belt on espn the ocho <laughs> uh kareem what scores do you want to give them uh zero to 20 i'm gonna start with the ones i don't disagree with uh rob i'm sorry but i do think they should have some self-defense training so i have to give you a nine uh guy i will agree with you that i do think they should be banned but you know they only get banned because they attack a flight attendant not quite what i want to hear so i'm giving you a 13 james you're in the lead i'm giving you a nice solid 18 all right, next topic. If you're looking to buy a home or in the market for a used car, better be prepared for some sticker shock. The housing market is on overdrive. The median price for a home in the U.S. is now for the first time more than $350,000, up more than 23% in the past year. And it's not just in big cities. In Boise, Idaho, prices have risen 36%. It's so crazy, some are listing their homes at ridiculous prices just in case someone is willing to pay, and often someone is 
is. Crazy pricing has also hit the used car market. Some popular models cost more as a used vehicle than they did when they were new. Steve Futterman, CBS News. Here's start with Rob. Are things now, would you say, officially too expensive? Everything just being too expensive? 30 seconds. Uh, expensive is a relative term. I do believe that the uh, the rate at which we uh, have escalated is a little bit quick, but I do think that there's value in there that should be had. Uh, I, the idea that a used car is more expensive than the, one of the newer versions of that same vehicle, that's just like buying a house. You know, most of these used houses, as they instead of pre-owned, pre-lived, have, are much more expensive than the, when they bought them. Yeah, the economy is up. Uh, inflation will rise, but I think there's a little bit of money out there for us all. But it, the, it can't maintain at this level. I'm, a, I'm concerned at that. James, your 30-second argument. I don't think expensive is relative, Rob. I, I think expensive is a well well used term because yeah, things are getting expensive, and I'm wondering why the car dealership keeps calling me about my car, seeing if I want to trade it in on a newer version because it's an all time high. Maybe I should start looking into this and see if I can flip my old car for a new car at a lesser cost, possibly. That's not a bad idea. And in terms of housing, I mean, it's always kind of been that way. The housing market just fluctuates up and down wildly. So things will return to normal at some point, I think. All right. And Guy, your 30-second argument. Yeah, this seems crazy. I'm no real estate agent. I don't know nothing about the real estate. But... I just tried to buy a house and there were 20 offers and then I tried to buy another one. There was like 30 offers and eventually I gave up. And you know what I did? I bought a house in Mexico because the prices were much more cheaper <laughs> and affordable. I had a friend that made 270000 on his house recently. Two hundred and seventy grand. It feels like this big, big bubble and you just get one little needle and it's just going to go boom. But I don't know. We'll see. It just seems crazy to me. And uh, I guess on that note, just one follow-up question for each of you. Um, with prices being as they are right now, would you, whether it's for a car or for a house, uh, you know, of course, ignoring some of the legal and regulation issues, would you look across the border, whether it's Mexico, Canada, elsewhere, to buy a car or a house or things just to, you know, because they may be cheaper that way? Is that something of interest or you're just saying, I'm buying American? We're buying American. I would uh certainly look across borders to buy the impediments are are pretty significant but the return can be extraordinary uh as guy told us uh, in, in mexico you can get uh, pennies on the dollar from what you're seeing in southern california absolutely i think that's the way things are headed uh, globally i think that the buying outside of your own border is going to become much more common the canes i watch the news i've been seeing and been told to be afraid of going down south of the border right now so i don't know if i would look into such a thing plus uh, it just feels like an easy way to get duped uh, so i don't think i would look across the border yeah i bought my house in cabo which is one of the safest places in mexico it's actually the second safest city the city and safer than a lot of um american cities and it's mainly american because you could get pennies on the dollar and it really rents out well because I can't afford a place here because this is ridiculous. So I've got no problem with it, obviously. Having said that, I do love America. I'm a proud American, even though I have an accent. But I've got no problem going where I can afford something. And again, we have verified that guy is, in fact, an American. So <laughs> November 2018, that was the date. I swore in. Exactly. So, Kareem, what scores are you giving everyone? Zero to 20. We'll start with guy. 
I thought he had the most interesting argument and uh, probably the most color to it. So I'm going to give him a 17. As for Rob and James, uh, you guys seem to be focused on the car a little more than on the house, and I think that's where the argument was. So I'm giving you both a number 10. Okay, well, coming up. Some things just simmering within the brains of our debaters. We're going to find out what that is next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week, we have James Pledger, Guy David, and Rob Thompson, all working to coerce our Judge Kareem from San Antonio to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So before the show, our three debaters came in with a topic that they wanted to discuss and present to the judge. They will get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, if they, the other combatants wish to challenge, they may. They'll get 30 seconds to do so after the original case is done being presented. After all those challenges and uh, you know naysayers that are going to present their arguments, the original presenter can rebut them all with 30 seconds of their own. Now, if they change the topic from what they had sent in originally, it's an automatic five-point penalty. There are also more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points, which he could do last time, but now he can take away up to 20 points from everyone, the original presenter, the challenger, or people who stay quiet. He can penalize them, too. So right now, our points leader is... You guys want to guess who that person is right now? Uh, Guy. Even I don't know. It is Guy. So, Guy, you get to start with your 60-second argument. Well, I don't know if anyone eats at Subway sub sandwiches anymore. I think that's a bit old school, but I still do. I probably go there once a week, once every couple of weeks, and I get one thing on the menu, the tuna sub. And I've always loved it because it always tasted good. I didn't really care the quality about it. It just tasted good. Then apparently some idiot who I don't know decides to tell Subway it's not actually tuna and sue Subway. So the New York Times is reporting an investigation was conducted, and in actual fact, they did a DNA test on the tuna fish Subway uses and found out it wasn't tuna. So now all of a sudden, my favorite sandwich at Subway, I don't know what I'm eating. I have no idea what I'm eating. I'm eating some other species, apparently. Now, Subway has come back and said that you can't do DNA on proteins or something like that, and it is tuna. So now I'm caught in limbo, and I'm very upset. So the point of my argument is sometimes what you don't know doesn't hurt you. This should have never come out. All right, James, your 30-second challenge starts now. Guy, I don't think you should worry about this. This has been going on in fast food for years. I remember not too long ago, a year or two ago, there was challenged uh, to how much beef was actually in the Taco Bell taco meat. And uh, there's always been a debate if Arby's has horse meat in it or not. If you enjoy it and you eat it, continue to eat it. Don't let this story put you in a limbo or purgatory regarding what one of your favorite foods is. Continue to enjoy that food, guy, because 
all fast food restaurants are doing this, and the only way to avoid it is not to eat fast food. All right, Rob. But what am I eating? Rob, I always thought I was eating tuna. Rob, it you're... doesn't matter, guy. You are it going does matter. to Subway and having food served to you from an ice cream scoop out of a bucket by an 18-year-old. You don't want fresh tuna. You want non-nutritive ingredients that aren't going to go bad with some kind of food varnish that will protect that fake feed whatever it might be you're better off you don't want to eat real tuna from a subway you want to eat i'd rather have well sawdust that tasted like tuna which this actually might be so i think you're going to live longer and, and have a better facial color because of what's coming through the non-dna traceable what if you wanted chicken and you found out it was rat how would you feel well guy How's it taste guy here's your 30 second rebuttal <laughs> well well is this my rebuttal? Yep. So you broke up. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'd like to know what I'm eating, especially when I think I've been eating something for such a long period of time. And I've always told people I love this because I thought it was a particular fish, and now I don't know what it is. I don't know what has actually got in my body. I wish I didn't know. That's my point. I don't really care what it is. I just wish they never did this in the first place because now every bite I take of that Subway apparent tuna fish, I'm going to really think, what am I eating? It's like it's, it's like truffle fries. I like truffle fries till I found out the truffle was actually made of mushrooms. Then all of a sudden, I didn't like it. I wish I didn't know. <laughs> so, Kareem, what scores you giving out? Negative twenty to twenty for those arguments. Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, feeling a little faint after that <laughs> series of arguments. <laughs> That's what the most nauseating group of conversations I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about any of this. I, I liked it when I tuna mean, was just dolphin, like it should have been. Like good old mercury-filled dolphin. Um, okay, so let's start from the top. Yes. Okay, guy. <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, Eleven? <laughs> I kind of do want to know what's in my food, but at the same time, I also am fine not knowing if it's not actually what they say it is. If I'm eating, you know, you know, sewer rat over cheeseburger, then I, I, I think I would want to know. But if it's a good sewer rat, then I guess I'm a fan of sewer rat. Uh, we're fine with that. Believe you're all not as upset as I am. <laughs> They say ignorance is bliss. <laughs> exactly. All right. So was that, do I have to give and, a number score to everyone? Yeah. Uh, James and Rob, what do you want to give them negative 20 to 20? All right. I'm actually going to go ahead. And, uh, from negative 20 to 20, huh? Yeah. I'm giving uh, Rob a nine for his argument. <laughs> and James, uh, you lost me. <laughs> a lot of stuff there. We're giving you a five. Okay. <laughs> Next up, James, with your 60-second argument. Well, my 60-second argument revolves around the 25th anniversary of the Nintendo 64. Yes, Ooh. today it turned 1996. And this had a ton of great games. The console, uh, the controller kind of changed the way that controllers were would become and the evolution of them. But I want to talk about what's the best game that's ever been on the Nintendo 64. A lot of great choices. You got Super Mario 64. You got Legend of Zelda, the Ornica of Time, uh, Pokemon Stadium, Super Smash Brothers. But my personal favorite, GoldenEye, but my personal favorite 
is actually the original Mario Kart for 64. Mario Kart 64 was the greatest game ever put out onto the Nintendo 64 because it branched into a game that we still play today called Mario Kart, where you're not allowed to drink and drive, but you have to finish a beer before you finish the race. And it's led to countless great nights between me and my friends every New Year's Eve. I got nothing to add. And I agree with everything you just said. Thanks to Nintendo, we have Mario Kart today. I, I'm completely in with everything you had to say. Uh, the controller was a little wonky. It was a, it was a growth. It was a, the next step. It wasn't the last. Thank goodness. But if I still had my Nintendo, I would be playing it tonight. I agree wholeheartedly. Want to borrow mine? <laughs> so, uh, the kid, I was the kid that never liked Nintendo, and I've thought, how was I that person when everyone else liked Nintendo? And I realized it's probably because I wasn't that smart. Probably didn't know how to use it growing up. So my parents brought me like the latest edition every Christmas, like Nintendo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, whatever it is, and I never, ever used it. So shame on me. So congrats, Nintendo. I'm not that smart. So Kareem, uh, no challenges in that argument. So. No, I, I agree. Well, that. So uh, what scores do you want to give each of them, negative 20 to 20? I do believe the 64 has a very prominent place in the world of video games. So, James, I will give you a 16. Uh, Rob, I know you didn't really uh, challenge him very much, and, but since you weren't the one who brought up the argument, I will give you a 15. Guy, uh, you know, maybe six, maybe Nintendo and video games are for everyone, and I respect that. Um, you didn't really argue against it either, so I'm going to give you a 13. So you're all kind of bunched up in there for me. Okay, and uh, 60 second argument now from Rob. Today, the topic of food has been pretty heavy, and I want to lean on that once again. I want to give you some numbers. Uh, a Gallup poll told, tells us that over the last 10 years, only about 3% of the United States population is vegetarian or vegan. And 7 to 8% of our population say they're flexitarian, that they eat a little bit of meat, but for the most times, they abstain. I'm going to tell you, I had an impossible burger about three days ago. It was... Um, strange. It wasn't awful, but it was strange. And I wondered who is actually eating these fake pieces of meat. Well, it turns out that those that are eating the fake meat are already carnivores. Vegetarians aren't touching it. So when I see a vegetarian eat that, I wonder, are you posing for whom? It is just another vegetable. Why aren't you just going to go ahead and eat that or not eat that? I think that the very idea of impossible meat drives me crazy because the only people that are eating it are those that are already eating meat. If you are a vegetarian, if you are a vegan and you're eating an impossible burger, give it up, bro. Go have a bowl of cereal and some meat spread. Huh? No challenges again. So, uh, Kareem. <laughs> What scores you want to give everyone for uh, the argument and the two lacks of our lack of arguments? The two, the two lack of arguments. Yeah. Let's start with Rob. Um, I think it's a good point. Um, I've come to my come into my own lately that being vegetarian does not necessarily mean you're being healthy. And um, so I, I can understand that if some if vegetarians are not eating it, um, then it's just now a new meat option like chicken and all that. So, Rob, I'm going to go ahead and give you a – let's give you 15. Um, I'll be honest, Guy and James, I don't know where you were, but we're going to give you zero. And I know that it's from negative 20 to 20, so you're right there in the middle. Just I just forgot to it. say challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to write it in. Sorry. 
I didn't forget. Rob just kind of nailed it. Like, if they, you okay. really want the impossible meat to go away, just carnivores stop eating it. <laughs> this is Master Debaters. More debating next on KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. That argument, it ends right here, right now. This week, we have a battle between James Pledger, Guy David, and Rob Thompson to convince our Judge Kareem that their argument is, in fact, the best argument. And all comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So, this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants will hash it out amongst themselves for that whole four-minute period. No more, no less. A four-minute argument. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge would then give each combatant up to 100 points, or could even take away up to 100 points. The person oh with the fewest points will get a 15-second head start, then everyone else can join in after a little bell has rung. So you guys want to guess who, at this current point in the show, is trailing the other debaters? I think I'm going to go zero last time. The answer is James Pledger. He has the fewest points right now. So the topic, researchers in Britain have come out with a list of the words that are the most annoying to hear mispronounced. The number one irritant, pronouncing the word specifically as pacifically, followed by probably instead of probably, and ordering an espresso instead of an espresso. Reality check, this is a nation that pronounces the word aluminum, aluminium. And although 61% of the Brits surveyed said that they find mispronunciations annoying, 65% admit they're too embarrassed to correct them. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. So the question for this four-minute melee, what mispronounced word drives you the most crazy? It's a four-minute argument for all three of you. James Pledger gets a 15-second head start, which begins now. Oh, man, there were some good ones just in that piece. Uh, aluminium? That would drive me bonkers uh, if I heard that regularly. But specifically? Really? There, there's an S there. You have to pronounce the S. It's specifically. Specifically, you have to pronounce the S when spell, uh, when saying the word specifically. I think that if you're going specifically, I'm thinking you're talking about the Pacific Ocean and that's just not great. So, I mean, there's a ton of words that, and things like that that just get on my nerves. Like in text, people putting the wrong your into a into a sentence really irks me and grinds my gears a whole lot. But that's more written word uh, frustration than verbal. But, yeah, specifically being pronounced specifically, I haven't heard it. But just hearing it in that clip drove me insane. And uh, the first thought I had was, this is about the Pacific Ocean. Oh, wait, well, I no, can it's tell not. you this. For all intensive purposes, there are a lot of things that drive me crazy, like intensive. It's intense and purposes, not intensive purposes. That's what drives me crazy above anything else. And then as far as we're going to mispronunciation, I, some of 
those I understand are ignorance. I hate the overpronouncers, ones that hit every syllable, or maybe put the wrong emphasis on a different syllable, or maybe they're rolling their R's in any of your favorite Spanish words. If you're in, if you're ordering enchiladas, just say enchiladas, man. You don't have to overpronounce it. Overpronouncing, I'll put it to you, is worse than mispronouncing because you're being, I don't know, maybe for all intensive purposes, a jerk. I can relate to this because I, I have no idea what is the right pronunciation because I've lived 18 years of my life in Australia and I've lived 18 years of my life in America and I go back and forth and someone is always accusing me of doing something. Someone's accusing me in Australia of being too American. Someone in, in America is accusing me of not being able to pronounce American words because I say it like I'm Australian. So I have no idea. But the one thing that does annoy me, and this is probably – the correct way to say it, so I apologize. I say details. I hate when people say details. I don't know why. It just irks the hell out of me. Well, it, it, it's in the details. And good, Rob. I don't know why you have a thing against Mexican restaurants. And when we have the our Mexican landlord on with us, that's probably not in good taste. But. I'm telling you, if I'm going to a Mexican restaurant and I order the salsa verde, I'm pronouncing it salsa verde because it's fun when you have roll your R. Have your place a big, big plate of salmon. Have some of that. Oh, Head over and have oh. some salmon in February, and uh, maybe make it oh, on a February. Windedness day. I say often. What do you guys say? Often. Isn't the T silent? It annoys me when people say often. Only in a small outpost in southern Australia do you say often. often. Well, I'm from southern Australia. That's the state I'm from originally, and I say often. What about your uh, What about your other uh, place of uh, living now in Cabo, Mexico? When people don't say Mexico, they say Mexico or Mexico. Like... Mexico. It's Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> there are, the, yeah, the, the, I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying there, but there are some great ne Mexican restaurants near my new rental place. You can all hit me up later if you want to know about them. But I don't oh, know what Speaking of Mexico, another one that bothers me, I heard it a few weeks ago when I was up in uh, Colorado. Somebody called it Baja. They were oh, trying to say Baja. Baja. <laughs> Well, yes, then uh -huh. they're not going to get any free Jolies when they get down to Boston. <laughs> uh, now, to kind of pull out one thing I think Rob brought out uh, um, that I kind of want to dig into a little bit further. Do you guys prefer the anglicized word, uh, versions of words or pronunciations of words, or do you try to go the the authentic or the original language version of a word, you know, like whether it's enchiladas or um, other variants? Like a tortilla? Sure, yeah. Do you say tortilla or do you say tortilla? <laughs> you know, I feel entirely uncomfortable overpronouncing foreign languages. I, I feel like as an American, it is my job to uh, bastardize what they do and, and change it to our version. So, no, I don't like saying enchiladas. It's enchiladas to me. Uh, I, I don't like going with the flow, and that's completely an American, ugly American ideal. If you go to France, uh, the French hate me. <laughs> because I refuse to pronounce anything correctly, and it, it drives them up the wall. It's just the the most typical American thing to do is to is to bastardize and take advantage of uh, other folks' languages and, and take it for our own. So uh, I have no problem with it. 
You know, I have it. I have this small issue, and it's a personal issue that I'm trying to work past. But I have a small problem of like, say, our friend Guy, who is Australian, and if he were to say "Good day, mate," I would return "Good day, mate," like just out of force of habit. Like it's habitual to hear it a certain way and just respond the same way. Well, and amazing. I do that. <laughs> I I don't know why I do that. But it's just something that I've always done because I hear it and then I just immediately retort it. And Guy, I, Rob was you know, saying that it's Amer- it's an American thing to bastardize words. Is, is it really an American thing? No, 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 no. Americans actually, the ones, I mean, I've lived everywhere in America and they, they love the American accent and they don't bash it. They're just fascinated by different pronunciations. Really? And so am I. I like, to get, I like to get called out on things. Because I've lived half my life in each country, I forget what's what goes with each country, you know. So that they, they just think it's funny. No one bashes me. Okay, so- I'm curious, guy. Uh, for those in Australia, can you tell the different regions by how they pronounce specific things? Sorry, you broke up there. Well, I'm Something- curious. Uh, you said you were from the southern part of the country. Yeah. Uh, if, if you were traveling around, and uh, I don't know what words to use, but is there different pronunciations, much much like the southern and the northern accents that we have here in the United States? Are there certain words that are very different depending on the region you're in in Australia? They're not different words. It's just different dialect. Like where I'm from, South Australia, it's more like Queen's English. We say like advance and chance advance australia fair new south wales like sydney queensland they'll say advance and chance and dance where i'll say dance so that that, there's only just stuff like that so it's a lot like being in texas and saying i'm gonna go to the car and drive to the bar where in boston or in the northeast are like i'm gonna take my car to the bar yeah, some people have actually said the Boston accent similar to Australian accent. Some people have actually asked if I'm from Boston before. Is that crazy? <laughs> That's crazy. So, Kareem, what... The Northeastern accent is very distinctive. What scores do you want to give our three debaters for this argument, negative 100 to 100? First, I have my own word, and it's more of a regionality pronunciation. While in this city, in Texas, we pronounce... It roof. I've lived in parts of the country where they pronounce it rough. Oh yeah, rough. And it drives oh, me yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've experienced <laughs> that as well. Name, I'm not going to name any particular person who may say that on a particular radio station, but maybe some of you do. <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and start with Guy. I think that um, you probably had the lot, least amount going on in that conversation. Uh, I'm going to have to give you a negative 35. Wow. Hardcore. Yep. Wow. Like, what we, we got like negative to 100 to 100. There's like a yeah. lot of numbers there. And then you James, just me out of coming up next. Um, James, you're coming up next. I'm actually going to go ahead and give you 25. And Rob, I think that you had the most fun with this argument. And uh, yes, we, we, we all love the opportunity to... Uh, ruin a Frenchman's day. So I'm going to give you a 52. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as I can take it to a frog, I'm good. Do some quick math here and uh, see who our winner is on the week's, this week's show. So, after some chatting about some items in the news lately, 
It's time to name this week's Master Debater. In third place, with 43 points, is Guy. In, Last argument. In Killed me. second place, with 101 points, James Pledger, which means this week's Master Debater, with 135 points, is Rob Thompson. You get 60 seconds to celebrate, and that starts right now. I am defiantly, I mean, sorry, definitely very excited <laughs> to have won the Muster Debaters, and I won't screw that up because this is for air. It has been an honor uh, challenging both wits and humor with the three of you guys. The judge I thought was extraordinary, and the moment that I knew that Kareem had the confetti in his hair and within the last 24 hours, it told me that I was in for a good day. It was a worthy battle. I'll live to fight another, as will you guys, but thank you so much for having us. I'm quite proud, considering those that I have bested today. More time, though. Yeah, we got 30 seconds. I got more. Okay. While we're at it. Let's talk about some other things that that drive me crazy. Let's go to yolk. If you're cracking an egg, is it yolk or yolk? I don't know, but I'm a winner. And if I'm going to have some dessert, I will have it in the desert. <laughs> well, that's it. Big thanks to our three debaters this week. James Pledger, you could hear on the Saturday Morning Hangover on ESPN San Antonio. Guy David, who is a radio host and also maybe a Mexican landlord. He'll give you the details <laughs> on his rental property if you want to hang out in Cabo San Lucas. And also uh, Rob Thompson, who you can hear each weekday afternoon on ESPN San Antonio. And also a very big thank you to our judge this week, who is Kareem from San Antonio. Master Debaters is a production of XS, uh, XX Studios and uh, KTSA San Antonio. You can learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters. This is a show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. All right. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.